0: head to patreon.com slash Healthy Mama Chris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode.
1: I just let that come up. Just let it come up and sit with it and until, until as long as it needs. And when we do that is when we can process it. When we don't do that, Is when it becomes stored in our system and it's going to come out eventually. And it might not come out in the way that you expect it. It might come out in the way of anxiety or inflammation or, you know, some sort of digestive problem. You know, it can come up in a lot of different ways. So this is such a time, there's so much healing that takes place with a pregnancy loss. There is so much that happens and so much that we need to 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 allow to come to the surface and allow ourselves to feel and allow ourselves again coming back to being nurtured and held and supported through that and have that space held through it whether it's someone that you know a loved one a friend or a professional however you have to get that in you have to get that in because otherwise just like not processing and dealing with other traumas this is a trauma you know i felt it was for me Um, you know, it's, it will resurface in another way.
0: Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom with meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise. It can be easy to feel like we're in an on again, off again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two, for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Dovniak, holistic health coach, and your host. Today's topic is not an easy one, but it's a very, very important one and one that I think is essential to talk about as we are talking about women's health. When we talk about pregnancy, fertility, postpartum, it's also important to talk about pregnancy loss, miscarriage, the women who don't make it through. A healthy pregnancy, but have to go through the experience of losing a baby, which is difficult no matter what stage of pregnancy you're in. And where I have not experienced a miscarriage like the guest that I have on today with us, I have experienced a difficult pregnancy. The stress and the uncertainty of that alone gives me the greatest amount of compassion for the women who experience pregnancy loss at any stage of pregnancy. October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, so I am so honored to have my personal friend, the incredible Alyssa Knapp, on talking with us about her experience with pregnancy loss earlier this year. Her experience is unique because it's unique to her. It's also unique because it was during the time of COVID and she was in quarantine, so there were added stresses on top of it. But she shares her story in such a real and raw and vulnerable way. She does not shy away from sharing the details of what she experienced, how difficult it was physically and emotionally. And I think that this episode needs to be required listening for any woman who has a body or who has a friend who is a woman, because the statistics show that pregnancy loss happens in one in four pregnancies. But in the circles I run in, it is much, much less than that, or much more than that, I should say. I believe it to be closer to one in two. And Alyssa agrees. She says that in the episode that she believes it's almost every other woman who's experienced pregnancy loss um, from the women that she's spoken to. So I hope this episode is encouragement for you if you have experienced pregnancy loss. I hope that it is encouragement for you as a friend of someone else who has experienced miscarriage, pregnancy loss, or infant loss, which we don't go into in this episode. Um, I just really hope that this episode gives you the encouragement you need to seek out help, that it's okay to talk about it, that this happens to so many women, and it's not talked about enough and that's why I was so honored that she shared with me her experience and she shared how willing she was to share every bit of her experience with us the physical the emotional the the heartache, and the healing, and the happy ending that came from all of it that she'll share in the episode. So I am so, so grateful to introduce you to Alyssa Knapp. Alyssa Knapp is the owner of Integrative Wellness RI and a Reiki Master Teacher, Over the past 13 years, Alyssa has done everything in the wellness field from personal training to managing large corporate wellness programs and has now settled into a private practice to get back to her heart, which is working individually with clients, teaching classes, creating workshops, and collaborating with others in the field including myself. We have done some in-person workshops together, and I can tell you personally that Alyssa is incredible. She is brilliant, having extensively studied individual and community health and wellness management, including health promotion strategies, program evaluation, work site health, exercise physiology, human anatomy and physiology. She's a professor, you guys. Health psychology, social psychology, behavior modification, psychological research, and mindfulness meditation. So basically, she is brilliant in her field and I am so grateful for how open and willing to vulnerably share her story in order to help others she is with this miscarriage as well as her story of stress and anxiety and healing through that. So I encourage you to check out all Alyssa has to offer because she is just such an incredible human. So without further ado, let's dig into our conversation. Hi, Alyssa. Welcome to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I am so, so grateful to have you come on. I feel like us doing a podcast together is kind of been a long time coming. (laughs) It really has. Those of you who don't know, um, I mentioned it in the intro, but Alyssa and I have done in-person workshops together, and you heard from her bio already that she is brilliant, and the work she does is incredible. But today, we're actually going to talk about more of a personal subject. Um, So we're going to dig into that in a minute. But first, I just like to start with a short icebreaker, as if we need one. We really don't. (laughs) But it's fun just to get the listeners to get to know you a little bit. So what do you drink first thing in the morning when you wake up.
1: Well, I'd like to say a glass of water because I do like to try a glass of water before I start my coffee, but it's a, it's a cup of black coffee. Oh yeah. Hot black (laughs) coffee.
0: Coffee is such a good way to start the day. I I usually try to do the water too, but I've got my, I've got my coffee right over Mm -hmm. here. We're recording Mm -hmm. in the morning, so (laughs) yes. Coffee (laughs) as well. (laughs) So good. So if you just want to, you know, briefly kind of introduce yourself and the work you do, I already shared your bio, but kind of before we dig into the meat of things, if you just kind of want to share your passion and and what you, what are you really passionate about sharing with the world before we kind of dig into your personal story?
1: Thank you. Yes. So, um, I would say my biggest passion really, truly is empowering people, empowering people on, helping them give them the control that they need to really honor their well-being and their health. So a lot of people feel very powerless when it comes to their health. They feel like they need to be fixed. I tend to work with a lot of people, I should say, people with anxiety and stress and depression and, and more of the kind of emotional stuff tend to gravitate towards me. But, you know, I do kind of tend to work with people with other physical issues like digestive problems, like we've talked about before on podcasts and pain and inflammation, because the thing is, it's really all related. So I, I like to help people learn about their bodies, learn about their emotions, how to manage their emotions. And as you know, a huge piece of what I do is energy work. And helping people understand their energy, understand how that works and how it's all integrated and how we, when we're trying to heal part of ourselves or part of an ailment or something that's going on, we really truly can't do that by just addressing one piece. It's the physical piece, the emotional, the mental, and and the spiritual and, and that energy piece. And And I'm going to be talking about that definitely a lot as we get into our topic today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love how holistic your practice is and that you really do bring everything together. I mean, you are integrative wellness and you really truly do integrate all of these areas of wellness. And I know that you're gonna dig into this as we we talk about your personal story today um, when it comes to pregnancy loss. So today we're gonna talk about what is a really difficult but important topic. And October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. So I know that this is on a lot of women's minds right now. Whether or not they've experienced loss, chances are we have encountered someone who has. We truly can't have a series on pregnancy and postpartum, which is what we're doing right now, in the on the podcast without talking about this because the number of women who experience miscarriage or even late pregnancy loss is staggering it's the studies show that it's one in 4 but in my circles i in my experience it's a lot more than that i think I it's really say it's at least
1: 50% i yeah. i mean i it, truly i think it's probably at least because one thing, so I'm, I'm very open talking about anything that I go through, any experience that yeah. I go through, because I believe there's a purpose that we go through every experience and everything. And that's why I'm so grateful that you are acknowledging the importance in this subject and bringing it up in this conversation, because it's truly not talked about enough. And that's because it's hard. I'll never forget years ago when I was in my early 20s and I had my first anxiety attack, my first panic attack, I ended up in the ER and, you know, thought I was dying, you know, and mm-hmm. you've had them. I know you know yes. what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, um, and I remember after that experience, I was talking to everybody about it. I was like, oh my God, this has happened. I can't believe it. And I can't tell you how many, I'm going to say women, really, because it was mostly women, we're like, oh yeah, that's happened to me. I've gone through. I'm like, mm-hmm. why am I why is this the first time that I'm hearing about it? And it was the same experience with my miscarriage. It was the same experience. So every again, not that I put it on Facebook, which I probably will when this podcast <laughs> with this podcast, I'll share it because it's important. But you know, I do. I talk it when people ask how I'm doing or what's going on. And, you know, I'm completely honest and open about what's happening. And And I, I truly wish that I actually did keep track of how many women I talked to and how many Mm -hmm. experienced it themselves, because I want to say it's 50% or more of the women that I talked to who have gone through this at one point in their life. I want to say a lot of them, it has been not that it's, you know, just from the people that I've talked to, a lot of them have been the same time point as me, which is after the first child before the second child mm-hmm. there seems to be something in between there I don't know if it's about you know a, a mix of hormones or you know what who knows what the cause is nobody knows what the cause is but I guess I'll start from the beginning with that um, so so let's see it was uh, January of this year that I um, found out I was pregnant and I was I knew exactly when I got pregnant because I was doing an ovulating test you know I wanted to we had been like kind of casually trying for a while and then like all right you know let's push this along here (laughs) so you know so I so I did that in the very first month I got pregnant right away and um, around five weeks I started telling um, family and friends and it's kind of funny because I'm when with my first pregnancy I was very superstitious like I can't tell anybody until after the first trimester because of the statistics and all of this stuff. And then the second one, I was like, you know what? It's gonna be fine. And even if it isn't fine, I'm gonna need the support. So that was kind of my mindset the whole time. And I've absolutely no regrets on anybody that I told. Mm. Yes, it was a very difficult conversation when down the line even just a month ago somebody was like, "Oh, are you having a baby soon?" I'm like, "Actually, no." Mm. <laughs> but, you know. So, um, you know, so not to laugh about it, but you know, it's just it just is what it is. So, mm. um, so anyway, you know, around 5 weeks I started telling. It was before even my first um ultrasound. So, and in my experience, at my physician's office, they don't do any blood work before you go in for your first ultrasound. Eight weeks is the first time you go in for an ultrasound and then they follow up with blood work and everything after that. So I went in for my eight week and I, I knew right away something was up because the baby was only measuring at five weeks. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, well, it might be, you know, you're, you were off, your cycle was off, this and that. And in my head, I'm like, I know exactly when I ovulated. I know exactly where this is supposed to be, but you know, there's also that you always want to be so optimistic, right? You don't want to. And it's funny because you and I were talking recently about manifesting, right? And energy and what we're putting our mindset in. So I'm like, all right, well, I don't want to be doomsday in my mind. And this actually turned out to be perfectly fine. So I actually reached out to a Facebook group, a mom's Facebook group that I'm a part of that I felt very safe in. And I just asked, I said, this is my, this is what's happening. You know, this is what happened. I went to this eight-week ultrasound. It was only measuring at this. I'm just looking for positive stories that this turned out okay. You know, please no, <laughs> please no negative, you know, comments. Unfortunately, not everybody listened to that, but that's okay. Um, so, you know, so basically, I heard everything from the gambit, right? Some, oh, it turned out to be blighted over for me. For some, it was, they wanted to do a DNC and it turned out, the baby was still there and everything was good and now the baby's 3 and this and that so there was a very wide range so so where i was coming from at that point was okay nothing is set in stone here nothing is saying that this you know is okay or not okay so but in my heart i truly knew something was off again just because i i know anatomy i teach anatomy and physiology i know <laughs> growth and development and how things are going to go and i just knew you know like i knew so um, I would say that was probably the absolute hardest time for me of the entire experience was that moment until that final phone call that said what it was. So I, so let's see, it was, I believe I followed up with blood work right after that first ultrasound and then they measured my hCG levels and they said it was between four and six weeks for what the measure, what the levels were measuring or, or five to eight, no, I'm sorry, five to eight weeks. So I'm like, okay, that's good. You know? So feeling good, feeling hopeful again. They're like, let's schedule another ultrasound. I'm like, let's put this off as long as we can, because, you know, and I'll make sure everything grows to where it's going to, you know, need to be Go in for that next ultrasound. Um, I'm trying to remember if we were in quarantine at this point. Yeah, I believe we were. I believe this was, we were at quarantine, so my husband couldn't, oh no, so now it's a blur. <laughs> um, so, but I know that my last ultrasound was definitely during quarantine because my husband could not come, and that was very difficult. Um, so, so I went in, and um, basically, the, the, they still wanted to do another one. They still wanted to follow up. There were still no results um, and you know I, at this point, I'm feeling very like unsure, very unsure, very you know whatever, and then you know you still have friends telling it's gonna be okay, like it's you know like this is it's all gonna be fine um, but in my heart it, I think this is when I started preparing myself. Mm-hmm. you know this is when I'm like, okay, this is a real possibility like this is something I have to prepare myself for. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think it's really tough because especially as a, um, am picking up my crystals <laughs> for comfort, <laughs> got my rocks. Um, so, uh, you know, I think this is very difficult too, because especially as, and I know Chris, you're with me on this, the type A personality, you know, we plan, we have a schedule in our minds and we have, I'm like, all right, well this, they're going to be this, far apart in age, you know, my son and and this new baby. And if I, so if I can't do it now, when can I get it pregnant? Now he's going to be four. And now, you know, so like all this other stuff, this other controlling aspects are happening in my head, you know, that are just kind of feeding into the whole emotion of it. So Mm -hmm. for me, a lot of that was really learning to let all that go. And I think a lot of this for me was a lesson in, um, control. You know, as a lot of lessons in my life are for me, it's really needing to release control. Know that I can't control everything, and you know, this is kind of one of those things, absolutely. So <clears throat> we schedule another ultrasound for a week later. There was more blood work done in between, I believe, um, and then, and then at that ultrasound, it was like totally. It was actually like such a terrible day <laughs> because it was during quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um, so already, you know, I'm like, oh my God, freaked out. I'm going into this like doctor's office and you know, this and that. And so I go in and the doctor ordered the wrong type of ultrasound. So as I'm sure most moms know on here, your first ultrasound is, um, transvaginal, Mm -hmm. right? And that's because the baby's a certain size. They can't see anything transabdominal. So the doctor ordered a transabdominal ultrasound. So I come in and the tech tells me that. And I said, you're not going to be able to see anything
0: mm-hmm.
1: if that's, you know, if that's what you're doing. She's like, I know, but this is what I have the order for. So I'm like, okay. Oh, I forgot to mention too, this was a, such a tough experience as well because of the waiting period. I ev- After every ultrasound that I had, I had to wait at least a day for the results to get to my doctor to actually know anything. Mm-hmm.
0: So like that's there so was
1: hard. so much waiting and so much dragging on. It was took a real emotional toll which you know definitely carried over into the rest of the experience so um so she ordered the wrong ultrasound so she did it of course she couldn't see anything which we knew so then i just sit in the waiting room for an hour for her to get an order from the doctor to be able to do the trick cuz i'm like i'm not leaving here <laughs> until you do another ultrasound like i need to know like what is going on so she she gets the order and it was, I felt so bad for the technician because, you know, she was rushed. The person that was supposed to be ahead of me was now late getting in. They were upset. So she kind of like, she does it. She, she okay, I got the pictures. And then um, she let me go bring these to the, you know, the doctor or whatever. And then, um, you know, you'll be on your way. So then she's like, all right, you're all set. I'm like, don't I get like a, a picture or, you know, like anything? She's like, um, we don't always do that. So that's when I was like, okay. Mm. <laughs> That's not what you do, you know, like that's not what's going on. So again, waiting. So now I had to wait until the next day. And, um, but I knew, I mean, I, that just wasn't a good sign, you know, just wasn't a good sign. And I remember everybody asking me like, um, well, how do you feel? You know, like, how do you feel? Like, what is your body telling you? And I'm like, and I think this was the hardest part, especially for somebody. And I know you can relate to this with food stuff that, you know, you feel like you should know, like you feel like you should have all these answers and you feel, you feel, you feel. And I'm like, why don't I know? Like, why can't I ask, you know? And I think it's again, because there's too many emotions related to it, mm-hmm. you know, and there's too much pressure. And so I'm like, I, I really don't know. I'm like, like, do you feel pregnant? I'm like, not really, but I never really felt pregnant with my son either. And he was a mm-hmm. perfectly healthy child. So I, you know, I really didn't know. So, um, and I even, there's something in, um, theta healing called body testing where you basically align yourself and ground yourself and you basically ask your body yes or no questions and your body will tell you, you know, whether the answer is yes or no. Cause we have all this, my body knew the whole time what was going on, but I, my brain didn't have access to that information. So even when I body tested myself, it was like, yes, you're pregnant, you know, and Was that because that's what I wanted to believe? Was it because that's what I, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. But so I think that was the other really difficult part for me was just the, not only the not knowing, but because of who I am and what I do, the pressure, the feeling like I should know, like I should have this intuitive knowing of my body and what it's telling me. And, you know, so I think that was part of it too. Part of it was like me feeling like my body failed me. Mm -hmm. in telling me this or knowing this or whatever, or I was failing myself or, you know, there were definitely some failure feelings in there. Um, So then the next day after the last ultrasound, I remember I was, um, it was like late afternoon, evening, I was giving my son a bath and I get the call from the doctor and like, okay, here we go. Um, Meanwhile, This is the first time that I talked to this doctor. Never saw this doctor before. She was not the doc. She was a new doctor since my last pregnancy. That my midwife I saw wasn't there anymore. They're like, oh, do you want this one? Sure. That sounds fine. Whatever. So um, I'd only talked to the nurse up until this point. So now it's the doctor that's calling. So again, never met her, never talked to her before. And she says, um, so, you know, we got the ultrasound results. The baby's only measuring at five and a half weeks. Now, at this point, I should be, like, 10, 11 weeks, something like that. So I'm like, okay. It's like, yes, this is, this is not a viable pregnancy. Um, these are your options. You can, um, you can wait and let your body take care of things naturally. She, she said, these are all, all of your options, and none of, the, none of them are wrong, right? Like, whatever is right for you is right for you. Um, so, you know, you can let it pass on your own you can take um i can't even remember the name of the horrible medication but the medicaid you can take this medication which will induce you know a miscarriage or you can come in and do a dnc and you know that so um i was like write me the prescription give me the pill because the thought i was already had been dealing with this now f- since i was 8 weeks mm-hmm. i just wanted it to be done i wanted yeah. it to just be done and again this was during quarantine so I was like absolutely not I really don't want to go in somewhere by myself
0: yes right yeah. my husband
1: wouldn't even have been able to come with me we wouldn't have anybody to watch our kid you know like <laughs> so um so I'm like let me take it. I'll get the medication so I did that um and it was actually kind of serendipitous because my husband had to work throughout the whole quarantine because he does HVAC which is um you know they they are still able to work during their whatever the word is called um, necessities or whatever. So mm-hmm. he was able to to work, but he was actually everybody was sick that week uh, for the last two weeks actually. So um, so he was already home, which was a blessing mm-hmm. um, because I was not prepared for. I mean, I kind of read a little bit of like what to expect, but there was really hardly any. So basically, when I told the doctor to you know that I wanted to take the medication which I picked up that night. And then I took it the next morning after I taught my class. I think it was actually, I think I took it before hoping that it would start things. And then, um, so when I told her and she, you know, I kind of asked her, I was like, all right, what can I expect? When am I going to get my period again? Blah, 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 blah. She's like, so you're, it's going to be like really heavy bleeding for a couple of days, like the worst period that you've ever had. And then, um, it might last up to a week. And then, you know, after that you can, you know, you'll, you know, at some point you'll get your first period and then, you know, you can get pregnant again. So that was what she told me. So I took the medication and I had a a scheduled cesarean for my son. So I never went into actual labor. Um, But this was what I imagine labor probably feels like, like the pain that, that I felt It was like contraction. I mean, of course it is. It's literally inducing a miscarriage. So it's contracting, you know, the uterus and it's expelling things out. And it's, that's what it's doing. It's, it's forcing the body to get rid of something because it was a blighted ovum was what it was. So, which is basically an unfertilized egg. So it was just, it was a, um, a sack with no yolk. So it was just never going to grow past that point. Eventually my body would have gotten the memo and it would have done it itself. But again, I, this is what I chose to do. So, um, so very painful contraction, um, right away, like my bowels just emptied completely. Like it was a while on the toilet, sorry for the graphic, but, um, so like, so that happened and then, um, and then it was very, very painful, painful cramping, um, for days like days like i was literally curled up on my couch and um and let me also say i did not follow the advice of the doctor and take ibuprofen because at the time with covid um somebody at that point was saying don't take ibuprofen you know or whatever and i don't like tylo- i don't like taking any of it to be honest with you but you know so for whatever reason i chose not to take it i don't know why i did that anybody that chooses to take the medication Please take something with further pain because I was literally curled up dying on that couch, raking myself, calling in my guides, <laughs> like asking, like just, you know, like, and the whole time too, because, you know, part of what I do with helping women with or people, not just women, men as well. And others in between, um, you know how to um, you know release emotions and feel. It. You know part of it is you have to feel it, right? Like and and I didn't want to, for lack of better terms, like I really wanted to feel everything through that experience. I wanted to be present for the whole experience because I wanted to be there and take whatever whatever lessons were there to be learned, and it was a very spiritual experience you know um feeling just like like wow like this is this is something that's so and at this point i didn't even know how many people you know go through this more than the 25% which is totally a lie or not a lie but it's not accurate um so you know so i'm like wow this is just like really profound like really kind of um amazing not in a you know positive way per se but you know i was just i was just really taking it all in and eventually the pain was unbearable like i couldn't take it anymore i couldn't i couldn't and i think it was the next day actually i think i slept on the couch cuz i couldn't even move um and the bleeding was absolutely horrific um way worse than after having the baby, you know, after you have your baby, there's all that blood and everything. And I think it's because after you have the baby, you have the baby. (laughs) So, you know, you have that to like distract you and the, you know, oxytocin and everything and all that happening. So, you know, with a miscarriage, you don't have that. You just have the pain. So, um, so, so that was very difficult too, because it was literally constant and you can't use tampons. You I use a menstrual cup. You can't use the cup. You have to have pads. Um, I, so actually I put pads into pens. <laughs> I was wearing like this really crazy diaper situation thing. Um, which was, you know, which was helpful because I was literally like, you know, uh, it was just everywhere. It was, it was, it was very horrible. Um so eventually actually I had a tooth removed uh earlier the year previous so I still had some of the um the oxycodone from having my tooth removed so I took one of those and it was like so old too that it you know it was like <laughs> it was effective enough to get me through what I needed to get through just enough to kind of take the edge off um I ended up taking some CBD as well that was actually very very helpful Um, and I just, uh, you know, kind of continued through and I would say after maybe day three things started to lighten up, feel a little bit better, but there was so much, I was so sore from all the contracting, you know, like from all the muscles and like all that pain, like, so that was very tender. Um, and then, uh, let's see, it was just very bizarre after that you know very bizarre that like okay like this this part is done um but what happened was yes i continued to bleed after like they um had said but i actually bled for 2 months and um the whole time like i always had like really weird periods and stuff so i kind of like attributed it to that um but it was very bizarre like i so it was like and it wasn't like bleeding like a period but it was like enough you know like spotting and stuff like it was enough to be like you know a lot and then I it was a couple weeks maybe less than a month somewhere around a month after um I got what I thought was my first period so um oh between then I was also going in for blood work so after you take the medication or maybe it's after you do dnc too I'm not sure because I didn't have that experience you have to go in for blood work for them to test your hdg levels every week until they get down to zero. So that was another really tough experience because every week I had to go in and live it all over again. So that was, that was hard. Um, and then, so I, so I, I get my period, um, or think that I get my period and it was actually really, really funny because I had to send my husband out to get pads and mm-hmm. he came home with, um, adult, with, uh, what are they called the adult diaper
0: um that's so funny yeah exactly so
1: I'm like okay well the size is there but anyway so um so because I told him get the biggest ones that you can find and these were truly the biggest ones I think (laughs) on the planet um which was it was very funny um So, you know, so I go through what I think is my first period and then, um, so it was like really, really heavy again for like, you know, almost a week and then, um, and then it stopped and then for like maybe a couple days and started spotting again. And the whole time again, like, you know, helping people heal from these types of experiences, any type of experience is, is what I do. So I'm like, why can't I heal myself of this? Like, why can't like what am I missing? What am I not learning? What am I not getting from this experience? You know, like what is going on? So um, you know, so then I one morning I was doing this session with a woman. I'm trying to remember exactly even what it was called, but it's basically like a like a woman's circle, like energy exchange, like a little bit of journaling, a little bit of like emotional, you know, release talk stuff like that. And it ended up only being her and I. And it was a Zoom meeting. And she happened to be one of the women that I saw and met with um, right after I found out I was pregnant, that I told that I was pregnant. And mm-hmm. so that was like the first, you know, conversation. So, so actually that morning before I woke up to get down to the computer to do this, I was getting this pain in my left knee like, this is weird. Like what's this pain in my left knee? So, um, so I come downstairs and, um, and I sign on and I have this really beautiful session with her. Like she really held the space for me. You know, we, um, we talked, we cried, you know, it was, it was really beautiful, really, really beautiful. And I'm still so grateful to her for that. So then I'm just kind of feeling, um, I'm trying to remember exactly. There was something really specific that actually came out of that session with her. And it was, yes, I remember. Um, It was needing to be mothered, needing to be nurtured, not being the nurturer, Mm -hmm. not being the mother, but being held. And that was really beautiful.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I think for so many of us who are who are in that space of taking care of others, it is so hard to allow ourselves to be taken care of and even during these times where we I mean we are always worthy to be taken care of always. But I think it can be really hard to kind of switch those roles and to admit that no I need that. I need to be taken care of. And I think just my opinion that you know this is not This isn't talked about enough. And this is just, it's almost, it's almost one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, that happens to women. It happens sometimes. And then you move on from it. And the actual grieving process. And the actual need for women to talk about this so that there is more support so those women can be held and can be taken care of, it's not where it needs to be because every woman, you know, whether you are in a position like you are helping other women heal and or other people heal in so many different areas, or it's just you know someone who might have had no one ever talk about miscarriage. And felt like she was the only one. And so she couldn't talk to people and she couldn't get that support or other people wouldn't support her in the way she needed. I think that's one of those big reasons why we need to talk about this, why this needs to why this needs to change. Because does. we need that. Does. Women Absolutely. Need that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we really, really do. So that was a huge pivotal point. So it was funny because then I was teaching a class right after this class. <laughs> so I get in. And in between, I, um, I was guided to look in my Louise Hay book, Heal Your Body. Um, so, for anybody that's not familiar, Louise Hay is an absolutely amazing um, woman and healer who basically helps um, people to identify what the emotional root causes and mindset cause uh, related to their physical issue. And then she gives mantras to help heal that. So, I look up in my book, Knee Pain or Knee Problems. And it was ego. Mm. Ego is the source. So I was like, oh, uh, I was like putting the pieces together. I'm like, okay, so my ego is telling me you should be past this. You you even knew that this was happening, you know? Like it's time to get over it, and you can you should be able to fix yourself. You should be able to fix this. And then, um, and then I have this beautiful morning with this woman who's basically giving me this. Guidance that you know I need to be held, I need to be nurtured, and um and I'm like, okay, I can't do this myself, and that was a really big turning point in my healing. I can't do this by myself because the thing was, I was still bleeding. I was still mm-hmm. bleeding through all this, and um and I kept saying, and people were asking, like, well, listen, like, when are you going to call the doctor? Like, when are you going to call a doctor and like tell them this is happening because. You know how it is when something is wrong. Sometimes you're scared at what the answer is going to be. And like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to go in and do and C after everything I went through. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to go in more, get more blood work. I didn't want any of that. So I kept saying, all right, if I don't, if it doesn't stop in this many days, if it doesn't stop in this many days. So I kept doing that to myself. So I think it was, it was not the same week. It was the following week. Nothing had changed, and I said, "All right, Monday, I'm going to call the doctor. We're going to figure this out because I need to get past this. You know, maybe something is wrong. I need, you know, whatever." So this is how the universe works. So I call the doctor. I speak with the secretary or the receptionist, and she says, "Um, "Okay, I'm going to, um, you know, send this message to the nurse. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so like, can't believe this is still happening. Whatever, Um, I'll have the nurse call you back." This was Monday. Thursday comes around. I'm like, okay, so, or no, I'm sorry, Wednesday. Now it's Wednesday. It's a couple of days later. And I'm like, something's wrong. So I call back and then and the receptionist is like, oh my God, you never got a call. I'm so sorry. Like, you know, I must it must not have gotten the system, whatever. Nurse calls me back um right away. Um, no, I'm sorry, it was Thursday. It was Thursday. Um, dates are important because of the weekend. So anyway, so <laughs> so uh she calls back and I'm like, so this is what's happening. You know, um, uh, you know, I'm still bleeding like blah, blah, blah. She's like, you definitely shouldn't, you know, she's like for some women, women does, you know, go on, but you, you know, you definitely shouldn't still be bleeding. Um, and she said, uh, based on my HCG levels at the last time that I got tested, I did not have a period like I thought that I did, so that was when I learned that that was not a period that that was my body's probably second attempt at just removing whatever tissue was still within my body, so like, okay, that makes sense, so obviously something something is still in there, like and that's that was another learning point was the reason that bleeding was still happening was because there was you know there was still something in there that was trying to be released, so um. So then she said, let me talk to the doctor. Um, she's not in today. So, you know, I'll call you back tomorrow. So so that was Friday. Friday, she calls back. She's like, all right. Um, you know, she's like, we're going to schedule another ultrasound. And then um, based on that, you know, you, my options would be either take the medication again, never again, or do the DNC. So I'm like, "Ugh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So then Saturday um Saturday I you know was still wearing pads and everything. It's a beautiful day. I walk outside and I feel something pass. Like I feel like it felt like, you know, something passed. So I went to the bathroom and I pulled down my pants and something passed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like okay. I felt very different right away. I felt, because also this whole time, not only was I bleeding, I felt sick. I felt sick. I felt tired. You know, I felt drained. Like I wasn't myself. It was like, because I was losing so much blood. I mean, I was bleeding for two months. Like I was, I mean, it was horrible. So yeah. So like, you know, of course I didn't feel right. So this finally, so this tissue passes and um the bleeding stopped that day. Wow. It stopped. And I f- I can't even describe how different I felt, but I just felt night and day within minutes. Like it was really wild. And so I never went back in for that ultrasound. I never went in for more blood work. I never went back to the doctor um I'm actually pregnant again (laughs) right now. Um, I am 12 weeks. Everything Mm -hmm. is healthy and great up until this point. Um, I chose not to go back to that doctor, (laughs) but to a different one. They're like, do you want to see? No, thank you. Um, So yeah, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit as well, Um, but yeah, so that pass that happened, um, and it was not long after, maybe a couple of weeks, I guess, that I got a completely normal, regular period. It wasn't overly heavy. It wasn't painful, but, you know, just a normal, straight-up, regular period, um, which was amazing. <laughs> I've never been so happy yeah. to get my period before. <laughs> <laughs> um And then, uh, I only had one actually. And then, and then I got pregnant again. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm actually really grateful that I have the opportunity to talk about this at a time that I am pregnant because that's another part of miscarriage is I'm sure for a lot of women, the fear of being able to get pregnant again, which, Mm -hmm. um, I knew wasn't going to be, I didn't feel was going to be a problem for me because I got pregnant easily you know, that, that time, um, you know, so there was no reason that I wouldn't for me. Um, but the stress and the fear from that moment until that first ultrasound Mm -hmm. was rough. Yeah. Really, really rough. For my, and for my husband too. And actually that's another part. Hopefully we have enough time in this podcast to talk about everything that I want to talk about. But um, because I think this is really huge. So, um, and I guess I'm rewinding a little bit, but um, I mean, my husband's very sensitive. You know, he's a great father, great person. um, And because I was so focused on my experience You know, I didn't realize the toll it took on him. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, plus all the, you know, who didn't go through a rough time during quarantine, right? Right. (laughs) In their relationships and family and everything else. So this was just kind of another layer. Um, But for both of us, the stress up until that first ultrasound, um, and then, oh, the wave of relief when the baby was measuring to the day exactly where it was supposed to be and all the, you know, other pies. We just had an ultrasound on Tuesday and it was absolutely perfect and, you know, oh. moving, wiggling around, doing a little dance, you know, and all of that. Um, so, you know, but, but I think for and for the other women I've talked to that are in the same place or have been in the same place that I am right now, you know, tell me the fear doesn't go away. You know the fear doesn't go away until you know it's you know it's completely done um but i I feel good, I feel really, really good, you know, and I feel yeah. so different than I did in the previous pregnancy. I felt nauseous, I felt bloated, I felt you know like the th- you know the things that tell you that like things are working, you know like things yeah. are happening like um you know, super tired, like all that stuff. So, um, so I knew that this was different. Like I knew that this was different. Um, definitely was a little bit more particular about who I talked to about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the first one, but mostly because I didn't want people asking, when's your next appointment? Let me know how it goes. Like, I don't tell anybody when my appointments are anymore (laughs) because I don't need that questioning. Um, but, um, but yeah, so so here I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing all of that in such detail too. And I appreciate you being so open and vulnerable in sharing every bit of that experience, right? Because I think that is the other part of it not being talked about enough. It's like, well, we talk about it sometimes. We talk about it in, w- in circles of women And then we confide in each other and say, oh, I've experienced that too, or I've experienced that too. I mean, I have not experienced a miscarriage like you have, um, but I, I I know women who have and who have gone through that and who have felt comfort with hearing from other women that they have also gone through it. But for the women who don't have that, who don't have those other women in their lives, who are willing to talk to them about it, to support them, and to tell them the actual process that they might go through... I think this can be even more difficult. Like you had no idea what was going to happen. And it almost makes me kind of angry hearing the doctor go who may or may not have experienced it herself go, "Oh yeah, you're just going to, you know, you're going to bleed a little bit. You have like some cramps or whatever." And it was that intense and painful and I have gone through labor twice <laughs> with two different babies and it is horrible and I cannot imagine going through that and then knowing that there isn't there isn't a baby on the other side of that you are just sitting in that pain like you were saying on your couch it's so hard and i i know that there are women who are listening to this and understand that pain um and maybe Maybe they haven't gone through a miscarriage before, but they're listening to this because they're curious and they want to support someone in their life who has, or someone in their life who likely, they likely will have someone in their life who does go through this, or maybe they will themselves in the future. And knowing that that experience is really, really hard. It's really difficult physically. It's really difficult emotionally, but that they, there is a light at the end of that and that they will get through it and hopefully that means another baby in the future like it is for you um, but that you know it is it's terrible <laughs> it's horrible it but is. that it is yeah, but that, no there, is that. Mm-hmm. there is yeah. that there is that
1: it does end eventually <laughs> it does it does and you know uh, my experience at, well like it's almost like birth right birth and mm-hmm. pregnancy experiences vary so much From one woman to the other, pregnancy loss is the same way, right? Like, my experience was my experience, but you know, some of the women I talked to was very, very different. Mm -hmm. You know, one person I talked to recently, she had a DNC and it was pretty much it. Like, that you know, it was pretty, pretty much done after that. Like, wasn't, you know, was not, not to say it was, oh, it was easy by any means, but they shouldn't experience the same things that I experienced in the degree that they did. So, you know, it's, so I think what I just really want women to know is that, yeah, you can, you can experience a variety of things and talk to people about it, talk to other people about it. And honestly, not even though you have to talk about it, because for a lot, you know, so many people said, Oh, I'm here. If you want to talk about it, I'm here, whatever. And it just helped knowing that they were there. You know, I didn't necessarily want to talk about it. Like I didn't necessarily, at that time, you know, like there's, there are times that you feel like it and there are times that you don't, you know? And, you know, so there, I definitely felt that. Um, Another thing that I didn't mention that, um, so actually one of my friends, who's one of my Reiki students, she's also a doula. And she took my Reiki master training. And um, during our training, during our first class, she shared that she had had a pregnancy loss um, mm-hmm. not long before that class started. So she talked a little bit about her experience. At this point, I had already had that first ultrasound. So I would already was very like unsure but hopeful and this and that. So I was so grateful that our paths crossed. This is my first time meeting her. I'm mm-hmm. so grateful that our paths crossed because... She was a huge support during this time for me. She helped me just by being there, checking in, giving me resources, you know like here's like she her midwife had given her some resources, which obviously my doctor didn't um things like these supplements might help, you know this that, the other thing, so that was great. that was very helpful just having her and actually, since that experience, we've talked about holding some um, support circles for women with, um, you know, who've experienced this. And also, um, I believe she's thinking about becoming a, uh, trying to think of the neat pregnancy loss doula. Maybe no, it's, I don't think that's right. There is a specific, uh, do yeah. like service that doulas offer for this particular experience. And, you know, that's really what she was for me. That's really what she did for yeah. me in a, in a, on a friendship level, you know, mm-hmm. but like, you know, so, so for women going through this, that maybe don't have support or don't have somebody that has been through it or can help them or just hold the space for them yeah. during that time. Cause that's really what it is. Like we said, right. We need to be supported. We need to be nurtured. Like, you know, we can't be the doers all the time. We need to be <laughs> the receivers. Right. So, um, so there is, you know, there are people out there that are can do that for you professionally which sometimes yeah. it's almost nice. Like it was nice that I, she didn't, we didn't know each other very well. Other than that, you know, it was nice that it wasn't like just my girlfriend or my mom or like whatever, you know, cause I didn't really want to talk to those people. Yeah.
0: You, you know,
1: like I didn't really want to like, there's a
0: lot of emotion somebody. in that.
1: Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Cause they're feeling emotional about it too. So yeah. like, not that, you know, this woman wasn't, but you know, she, it's just on a different level. And the fact that she knew what I was going through from her own experience and I could ask and she's like, These are the pads that you want to get and these you know, all this kind of stuff, like, you know, that was that was really, really um I couldn't have gotten through it, I don't think,
0: without her. Not as graciously. As, yeah. <laughs> as graciously as
1: it felt at times.
0: <laughs> it's such a needed service. I know I've I've heard of that being available. Um, but oh my goodness, I hope everyone who experiences this has someone in their area that can help them through that because yeah, I mean, I know I haven't gone through an experience like you have, but I've, you know, even just struggling through my first pregnancy, I had a really, I just had a really difficult first pregnancy I had a lot of complications and, and I, this is not a comparison to, to miscarriage whatsoever. But just from the support aspect, you know, having a doula with me the first time, um, was really, really helpful. Just being, having another woman there too, who is, was just like, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Just that like woman energy, like woman to woman, like it's going to be okay. Here's some resources, but also it's going to be okay. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you'd be willing to share maybe some of the resources that she gave you or other resources you found that were most helpful to you, um, maybe in the kind of the the healing period, kind of either physically or spiritually, emotionally, kind of in that in between, in between, you know, post pregnancy loss and then maybe in the early stages of this pregnancy.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's really going to vary for sure from person to person based on you know based on where there at, um, you know, for me, what was very healing was really just talking about it and going through it. And, um, you know, a lot of being in the moment and grounding and getting out of my head and not trying to control and have expectations, you know, Mm -hmm. for the future and for the next one. And you know, anything like that. Um, I would say, honestly, I think all the same rules apply for anybody going through any type of experience, which is, you know, seek out any kind of support to help you learn how to, you know, connect with your body, to manage your energy, to manage your emotions. And hopefully at some point very soon, we'll have some some groups, probably virtually um, and in person that was the other thing. It was, again, this was during quarantine and everything and such a, during such a weird time. So, you know, it was great that I, you know, we was mostly we were communicating through text, you know, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's how we were talking. And, um, and I think, I don't think I would have wanted it any other way. You know, I don't think I would have wanted to necessarily be with anybody (laughs) during that time. So, um, so yeah. So I think that, you know, obviously a lot of things that helped for me are meditation um, you know, I love anything that relates to um balancing the chakras. So, when we talk about you know the womb and our female organs, you know those are uh related to our sacral and our root chakras. So, a lot of that has to do with safety, stability, emotion, the elements of earth and water. So, just really taking care of ourselves and taking care of our bodies the other thing just to, for women who who go through this or maybe who have been through this or maybe they're in the middle of it now, um, the other thing that was very interesting after was the the hormones after, you know, like just like it was almost like that little bit of like, I don't know, baby wheat or whatever, even though it like never even like progressed, but just like certain things like so it was very bizarre situation and very bizarre time. And I wish I could give exact resources I didn't necessarily use any exact resources myself to be able to share um, other than these are just some of the things that I did to kind of help, help yeah. me feel realigned again and in a place that, um, you know, that I felt okay enough to be ready to, to go through that again.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think that's so important though, that you're sharing. This is, this is your experience and this is what you went through and what helped to, you- ground you and to help you through this versus, you know, just spouting off, oh, there are all these resources out there, but you know, everyone is very unique and very individual. But I think the core of this whole conversation is, is seeking out that help and knowing that you're not alone and yes. knowing that there are other women have gone through this and there are those resources there for you and that you deserve to know (laughs) what it's going to be like and that it's going to be different for everyone and, or what it could be like, but that it is going to be different for everyone and that your experience is unique, but your experience is valid and it's okay. And it's okay that yours is, you know, might be different than yours or another woman that goes through it, but that there are, there are resources and we really can find ways to heal through it and that we all take a different amount of time to heal. I think that's a really important takeaway physically and emotionally.
1: Absolutely. From this.
0: Like I'm like over here. I had to mute myself for a while because there was some there was some noise outside, but I'm over here like two months. I can't I mean it didn't even take me that long postpartum with the bleeding and all that. I mean, close to it, but not not quite that. Right, right. I can't even imagine. So I appreciate you sharing that in you know that that raw experience of it took this long for my body to heal, and it also took time to emotionally heal. Mm. Um, and so I hope the women who are who are listening to this are are gathering that from this. Um, one last thing I, I kind of want to touch on, and you, you mentioned it a little bit before, but that's that's bringing our partners into this mm. because obviously, you know, this is a very personal experience. Our body is going through this. We are going through our own emotions and, and our partner is going through their own emotions as well. You know, having the excitement, anticipation, all of these things of potentially having a baby. And then all of a sudden, that's not, that's not happening anymore. And Do you have any advice or any, you know, insights into maybe how you two, you and your husband kind of went through this or maybe advice on how he supported you or how partners might support the woman going through the miscarriage while they are also dealing with their own emotions? So for us, I mean, I don't
1: think we really dealt with it very well, (laughs) to be honest with you, Um, initially. Um, so, you know, again, this was a time when, you know, our parents couldn't come and help us or anything like that. So, um, the way that he really supported me and took care of me, uh, which was the only way, way he could was really to just give me the time and the space, Mm -hmm. make sure I had everything that I needed. If I needed water, if I needed food, you know, he took care of our son, like me, kept him busy, kept him out of the house the best that he could. And, um, and that sort of thing in, in terms of, you know, the actual going through experience. But what was really difficult for us was we never really had an opportunity to sit with each other and really process it
0: mm-hmm. or talk
1: about it or talk about, so are we going to try this again? You know, or yeah. whatever for, for a, for a couple months, for a couple months, because, so we were like two ships passing in the night. He was work during the day. I'd be watching Eddie and then he'd come home. I'd come downstairs and work. You know, I have my business and everything else. So it was like, there was no communication. There was no talking. So I think in terms of, I mean, eventually we did, you know, we were just like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe we haven't even talked about this yet. Like literally, we were like, wow, like this is crazy. So, and I think that was part of maybe what was lacking in my healing and maybe that's part of what was contributing to the length of time that it took for all of this to process um and I know for some people they do have like a, they'll do like a little ceremony or something like that to honor um this is going to sound really bizarre <laughs> but um So our first pet together was a bunny, a rabbit named Jackson, and she was our life. She was our absolute little angel. But like, we loved this bunny like you wouldn't even believe. (laughs) It was crazy. Um, She passed away unexpectedly Uh, the year we got married. She had uh, uterine cancer that spread to her lungs and we had to put her down that morning. Very traumatizing, like horrible experience. Um, I mean again, not to compare pets to babies, but, you know, that's probably the closest thing I compare this loss to was losing because she was like my child, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, it was so abrupt and everything else. So, um, so we still had her ashes. So this was 4 it'll be actually we're coming up on four years ago that this happened. Um, so we still had her ashes and we'd been waiting to, to, to put her to rest because we didn't own our house at the time and we didn't want to put her to rest somewhere that we weren't going to be forever. So, um, so we finally, uh, did that in our garden and, um, it actually became a very emotional experience because as we were doing it, I was like, Oh my God, it kind of feels like,
0: you know, like we're doing this Mm -hmm. for the baby. Yeah. Oh, I think that's beautiful. We all have to have our own way of, of working through this. and of and and bringing our partner in with us in that too. I think that's the that's the biggest thing is it's okay to bring them in even if they're not physically experiencing it they are experiencing it too and just being able to be in that together. I think whatever that means whether you know it means spreading your bunny's ashes and <laughs> you know which it's it is it, you know it was important to you and your bunny was important to you. Right. And like you said, it's not a comparison to, to a baby, but it was something that you guys got to physically go through and do together, which you weren't able to do as you were going through the loss and you're going through the physical pain and all that. So I think having that physical moment where you could spread them together and you could be together for that. I think that's really powerful. It's so beautiful. I love that. And there are so many different ways that I think that we can choose to process these sort of things together. But it's about finding what works for you and what feels what feels right for you and your partner.
1: Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing in terms of that and, you know, maybe how we could have done it differently if, if the circumstances were a little bit different, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, to really just just have that time together. And it's not like it's not like talking needs to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it's a conversation or something that there has to be an end to, but it's really just being with each other, mm-hmm. acknowledging it, and just just being together, I think, was really what was so healing for us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very... Very wild and interesting experience this whole thing has been. But I really believe that part of the purpose for me in going through all this is to be able to help other women go through this. So that's why, as you know, hard as it can be to talk about certain things, um, it's uh, I don't want to say it's my duty by any (laughs) means, and like I felt forced to do this, (laughs) but not at all, quite the opposite. Um, but you know, I do think that it's important. It does need to be talked about. And, um, you know, and there are some other things that come up too, right? Like, you know, my son knew, you know, and there was that point where he was like, um, something about the baby in my belly. You know, there's, there's not a baby in there anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and mother's day, mother's day was a hard day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be those times that come up that are just going to remind you and bring you back to it. And I think that's, that's important to acknowledge too that just because you went through this and the baby isn't here with us on earth, um, that baby will always be with you and you'll always remember that baby. There will always, it'll, it'll keep coming up. It's not like something that, and that's okay. It's okay to remember that experience. And I think it's, it's easy to go, well, that happened. That's over. I shouldn't. And there's those shoulds again, right? Those shoulds and shouldn't. I I shouldn't be thinking about this on Mother's Day or I shouldn't be thinking about this at this time or that holiday or, you know, in this experience. But I think knowing that it's okay to, it is for those times to be hard.
1: It's okay for those times to be hard. It's okay for those feelings to come up. And and it still does, and of course it still will, and I think I think it always will, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, part of part of it, and we just got out of. Uh, let's see, when is it now? So it was a couple weeks ago. Um, there was a full moon in Pisces, which is a very emotional time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt those emotions coming up again. And you know, when you really turn, we stop and you think about what happens when these emotions start to come up for you the initial knee jerk reaction is to shove it down. Right. Mm -hmm. Why am I, why am I crying? Why am I getting so emotional? Why am I doing, you know, like, stop, stop it, stop it, stop it. You know, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. just kind of like trying to suck back the tears. And, you know, again, like that was, this was a big learning for me. You know, I I think I've been learning this for a while, but this definitely solidified, like when that happens and when it comes up, just need to let it happen. You know, maybe it's going to be tears for you. Maybe it's going to be, Something else, you know. For me, it's always tears. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, and I just, I just, I just put my hand on my heart, as I've been doing a lot. I'm sure you saw it during this conversation. Um, and I just let that come up, just let it come up and sit with it, and until until as long as it needs. And when we do that, is when we can process it. When we don't do that, is when it becomes stored in our system and it's going to come out eventually and it might not come out in the way that you expect it it might come out in the way of anxiety or inflammation or you know some sort of digestive problem you know it can come up in a lot of different ways so this is such a time there's so much healing that takes place with a pregnancy loss there is so much that happens and so much that we need to 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 allow to come to the service and allow ourselves to feel and allow ourselves, again, coming back to being nurtured and held and supported through that and have that space held through it, whether it's someone that, you know, a loved one, a friend or a professional, however you have to get that in, you have to get that in because otherwise, just like not processing and dealing with other traumas, this is a trauma, you know, Mm -hmm. I felt it was for me. Um, you know, it's, it will resurface in another way. So any woman that's maybe silently dealing with this right now, you know, talk to somebody about it, even if it's not a human, talk to your dog about it, (laughs) talk to, you know, yourself about it, talk to your angels about it, talk to, you know, God about it, whatever, you know, for you source divine, um, you know, but, but getting that out is, um, it's absolutely critical to healing. And it's an important lesson that we have to learn for so many different traumas and emotions and things like that. And you might find other things come up to the surface during this time that need healing because you're, it's an open wound, and you know this is you know look at this as a time that is an opportunity you know to let all of that come out, to sit with all of it, to feel it,
0: and give it that opportunity to release. Yes, oh my gosh. So, so beautiful, Alyssa. Oh my gosh, There's so much value in processing, no matter no matter how we do it. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. I think there's so much more to this conversation we could we could dig into, um, but I I want to have you share where my listeners can connect with you, um, especially I mean with all of the work you do, but you know especially maybe future work that you do do around pregnancy loss and circles and and whatever you end up doing um, support you know supporting women um, and well supporting people. Not to, I know that you support everyone. I mean this podcast humans, is ninety nine percent women. Know. So whenever I have someone on who doesn't just support women. And I try and correct myself, but we include everyone, but this is who I talk to. So can you just share where they can connect with you?
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So my website is definitely the best place to start in terms of looking at any offerings that I have. Um, you can connect with me through there, through a chat feature, through email. Um, so it's RI, as in Rhode Island, uh, dot com. Um, Also on Instagram at integrative wellness RI. I'm also on Facebook. And um, actually something that I do on a monthly basis that any person, mother or anybody that can participate in, um, it's at no cost. It's a virtual Reiki healing circle. And everybody has a chance to come on to share their intentions if they would like to. Everybody um, gets their energy cleared and receives energy. And we send energy also to each other's intentions. So whether that's something that they're healing from or if it's, um, and then we eventually send it out also to our communities, to the country and to the world and for the world, for world peace. So um, it's a very busy hour, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that is something. So if anybody, you know, really just needs that space help for them, it's a wonderful group um, that we get together every month again virtually. So all that information is on my website and it's also um, I have a weekly email which you can sign up through the website as well and through if you go to, on my profile on Instagram, um, you can you can find information on accessing that as well.
0: Yeah, and I will. I will put all of those links in the show notes of this episode, and you know everything you do on your from the lives on Facebook to just in everything I've ever been involved in with you is just so incredible. So I'm so excited for them to to connect with you more. Um, Do you want to end on a little light note since this has been a this has been a hard conversation? But I love to (laughs) have you know I I do these little rapid fire questions at the end. It's totally up to you if you want to. Yeah, and on a little fun, light note because I know this hasn't, you know, this topic is an important one, but it's not always the lightest one, right? True. So, because you know that I talk a lot about food, and you and I have talked a lot about food, mm-hmm. and um, I love to f- to share food in a way that is joyful. What is your favorite thing to cook? Ooh,
1: that's a tough one. I am gonna say anything Mexican. I love cooking tacos. I love making my own tortillas. I love making flautas. I love cooking anything, anything Mexican. Give me the beans. Give me the hot peppers. Give me the cumin. Give me the cilantro. Oh, yeah. We're doing lots of um, fresh salsa from the garden these days. So enjoying Mm -hmm. that
0: so good. I'm gonna invite myself over to your house for dinner. Welcome to. <laughs> that sounds so good. I don't think I've ever actually had flautas. I've had a lot of tacos, but I have not had flautas. So Yeah,
1: they are they're actually I'll send you a recipe because I bet you could really make that simplified. Yeah. They're they're yeah, yeah, they're very good. Very, very good. Oh, I um, love that. You can, you're really creative with how you mix. Well, I won't go on and on about my flautas.
0: I'll <laughs> well, up another I would be happy to, but we can talk. <laughs> we can talk off air. <laughs> so, then what is your favorite thing to either order or have someone else cook for you so you can get a little break?
1: I would say specialty pizza. And I think I'm saying that because we ordered one last night from one of my favorite local pizza places. And it's steak teriyaki pizza. Mm. And it's absolutely amazing. And I would never make that at home.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I love the, you know, ordering something that there's no way you would make that at home. And I make a lot of different foods, but my favorite places are the ones where I'm like, yeah, this is something I would not make. <laughs> yep. So good. Yep. So my last question you know that you know everything that I do is related to finding balance in every area of our lives with food with movement with self-care. So I would love to know what does your beautiful balance mean to you?
1: My beautiful balance means boundaries. It means setting boundaries and that's another thing that is always a practice for me for sure. I think many of us, right? Um, especially as a mother and as a woman and all of that kind of stuff. So setting boundaries around, you know, making sure that I have the, you know, actually something that I've always picked up from you, which is starting with breakfast, mm-hmm. not skipping that first moment, right, that first meal, making sure, you know, that that's a priority. Um, setting boundaries around my time for sure, especially my, a woman of many hats I teach at URI, I have my business, you know, all the other stuff in between. So, um, you know, so if I don't have time for something, I don't have time for it. And I'm not going to squeeze everything in for the sake of my sanity.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. So important. So many women needed to hear that message at the end of this as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh, so good. Oh my gosh, Alyssa, thank you so much for sharing your story, for being so real and raw and vulnerable and sharing every part of it. I appreciate it so much. I knew when you told me that you were willing to share your story, that this is going to be an incredible conversation. And it, it blew me away with how much you were willing to share. And I know that the women who have listened to this will have found some either support for themselves or support for the women in their lives in the future. So thank you. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.